episode, we're going to have a look at our development environment, and this is on macOS Big Sur with the Apple A12Z Bionic processor. So this is the developer transition kit that Apple announced at the WWDC this year. And so in this episode, we're not going to take a tour of the new macOS Big Sur operating system, nor are we going to dive into, nor are we going to dive into the Apple A12Z processor too much, but instead we're going to look at setting up our development environment. With each major release of macOS, there's always some changes in our workflow and how we do things. And one thing that we have to remember about this is that the operating system Big Sur is in a beta version. The hardware is not official. It is a developer transition kit. So we can expect that some things will not work. So I'm a big fan of Docker because it gives us a lot of flexibility. And during the WWDC, they mentioned that we would be able to use Docker. And I do believe once the Apple Silicon processors come out, later this year or next year, that will be the case. But we'll go ahead and download Docker for Mac right now, and we'll give it a shot. And it's a pretty simple install, which is dragging it over to Applications. And once it installs, we can just double click on the icon, and then we'll get presented with a lovely message that there is an environment error and the CPU is incompatible. So basically, the A12Z processor that is included on this developer transition kit does not support virtualization. However, we can expect virtualization to work later this year on the actual hardware. I personally am also a fan of Google Chrome and I've just become really comfortable within the developer tools. So I'm going to download Chrome to get that started. And once it downloads, we can open up Chrome and we'll just drag it down to our applications folder. And once it copies, we can then double click on Chrome to open it up. And Chrome does seem to be taking a little bit longer than normal to open up. So we get the first message, welcome to Google Chrome. This sounds like it's a good start. But then we see that something went wrong. And perhaps that's just something with this internal mechanism. So let's try going to a website. So I'll try to go Drift and Ruby. And again, it doesn't work. And that's because under the hood, Electron is powered by the Chromium rendering engine and Node.js. Chromium is the open source part of Google Chrome's browser. And so Google Chrome not working isn't too big of a deal. I can just keep using Safari for now. But one thing that I've really become accustomed to is Visual Studio Code. And so I'll install Visual Studio Code and I'll open it up. And then we get the window has crashed. So applications like Slack, Hyper, which is a terminal application, Visual Studio Code, are all Electron-based apps. So that's not going to work right now. And if we go to the GitHub issues for Electron, we can see that there is an issue with Electron on Apple Silicon and or Mac OS Big Sur. And one of the issues I think that we'll see that is more common is that a lot of applications don't have a specific ARM build. And rightfully so, and that's something that I think we'll really see change in the future, where a lot of binaries and applications will not only still be built for x86, but they'll also have their own ARM counterpart. But for now, at the time of this recording, Electron apps will not work on the Apple Silicon. So even the Rosetta 2, which is supposed to create an x86 to ARM translation, obviously is not working quite yet with the Electron apps. 
Which is funny because even 20 minutes into the WWDC video, they even listed Chromium and Electron as some of the featured technologies. And it does look like they are making some progress. But for now, Electron will not run under Rosetta 2, as well as any kind of Chromium-based thing. But let's move on to another package that I use quite a bit. So I'll pull up my terminal, and I want to install Homebrew. That is a program that I use every single day, and frankly, I would probably be very lost without it in many cases. So the first thing that we have to do is to accept the Xcode license. We can do that with a sudo Xcode build dash license. And so we can read through the whole license and then type agree at the end. But then we can't just go and install Homebrew quite yet. We do already have Ruby installed by default, and that does appear to be a universal binary. However, there is one issue with Homebrew, and it's not really an issue with Homebrew so much, but it is an issue with one of the Ruby gems. So I'm going to paste in the script that I found on a GitHub issue, and that's basically where we have to manually download the Fiddle gem. We need to go into the directory, run bundle install to install its dependencies, build the gem, and then install that gem that was built. So I'll go ahead and run that. And that didn't take too long. So now we can copy and paste from the Homebrew installation page the command to install Homebrew. And so this is going to take a bit of time to do. But once that's done, we can test this out with a brew info and things seem like it's working. So I'm going to go ahead and do a brew cask install and my preferred terminal is iterm2. And again, this will take a few moments to install. And so we've installed our second successful application. So maybe there's some hope yet. Next, I do prefer ZSH for my shell. So I'm going to go ahead and install that and I can run ZSH to try it out. And it looks like it worked. I'll open up a new tab and it does look like there are some permission issues with some of the directories so we get these warning messages. So next, I'm going to install a couple utilities, core utils, curl, and git. And these are going to be prerequisites for installing ASDF, which is a version manager that we can use to keep track of our versions of Ruby. I really like RVM, but in testing, RVM did not play nicely with Big Sur quite yet. And so once that's done, it seems like it went pretty quick. But if you look at my clock up at the top, that was almost one hour. So to just install the core utils, curl and git took about an hour. Now I didn't experience that on everything. So if I now do a brute install ASDF, it is going to have to install some additional dependencies as well. So that could take some more time. And so that again took about 30 minutes. However, 20 minutes of that was installing OpenSSL. And then we can add the Ruby plugin. And once that's done, we can then install our version of Ruby with ASDF install Ruby 2.7.1. And so because I'm using ZSH, I can then insert in a command and I'm going to inject this into my ZSHRC. And if we look in our ZSHRC file, we can see that it now has a link to the ASDF SH. And so once we run source.schrc, we can then type ruby-version, and now we're using Ruby 
271. If we do a Witch Ruby, it shows the ASDF Shem Ruby. And so, overall, I'm very hopeful for Big Sur. I think it has a nice, clean UI. And hopefully the transition to the Apple Silicon will be a lot better once the official products come out. And I think once we get virtualization support, hopefully a lot of things will run a lot faster and we'll be able to leverage things like Docker. Well, if there's anything that you would like to see further on this Apple Developer Transition Kit, let me know and I'll see if it's something that I can investigate. Well, that's all for this episode. Thanks for watching.